Welcome to our new season of Get to Know a Blue Gator. Our first episode of season two is beginning with none other than Ascension's head of school, Jeff Pinot. Jeff Pinot grew up in Mississippi and began his career as a teacher, but quickly moved into leadership as a secondary principal and assistant head of school before moving into his role as head of school. Jeff believes in the value of continuing to grow personally and professionally. He's earned two master's degrees, the most recent being from Vanderbilt University in independent school leadership. I'm so excited to speak with you today, Jeff. So thanks for making the time to chat with me. Me too. (laughs) Um, So let's start with a little background information so we can all appreciate what brought you and your wife here to Ascension in Lafayette. And I hear that she is your high school sweetheart. That's so true. I love a good love story. <laughs> so can we start with maybe how you and Chantel met and mm-hmm. kind of work your way into what brought you here? Yeah, that's that's all good. Uh, we did meet in high school. Uh, my wife Chantel and I. Uh, she was a couple years behind me, you know, like it does. But we dated all through college and. Uh, um, I have to make one little correction to your intro. I'm from Memphis. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so uh, I lived in Mississippi right across the state line. So, okay. uh, but I always consider myself a Memphian. Okay. Got <laughs> and, it. Uh, but we met in high school. Uh, she's a school teacher. Uh, she, uh, we've been married since 1992. So, a good amount of time yes. <laughs> yeah I think we're gonna make it 30 years <laughs> 30 it? yeah 31 we okay. made 31 this summer oh, and so sure. well thank you um, but like I said I grew up in the Memphis area uh, my mom was a school teacher uh, a lot of educators in my family uh, my father was a Memphis uh, police officer I have two younger brothers who are both educators too um, but like I said Chantel and I have known each other forever which mm-hmm. is a really kind of an awesome thing yeah. Uh, the level of comfort you have is uh, right. is really just nice. Right. Home is where she is. Yeah. You know? um, we have two kids. Uh, both of them are college graduates. Uh, my son, Zeke, and my daughter, Abigail. Uh, Zeke's in the Memphis area, and my daughter is in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. And so uh, they're a little afield, but that's, that's okay. I think you'll understand why as I begin talking a little more about where all we've lived and everything. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like I said, Chantel and I got married in 92. We were in the Memphis area basically for the next five years, okay. uh, working in schools and that kind of stuff. And uh, in 1997, I took a job at the International Christian School of Wijangbu, Korea. And so, uh, the summer of 97, we moved there. And uh, my son was three months old oh, when we wow. moved. And so uh, I always tell people, if you ever really want to make your mom mad at you, uh, take a three-month-old <laughs> grandson oh uh, overseas. Uh, yeah. And so we were there for two years. I taught uh, middle school language arts and social studies, and I coached and all those good things yeah. uh, that school teachers do. And uh, at the end of that initial two-year contract, uh, we came back to the States for a year. Um, I was working on my master's degree. Uh, online master's degrees weren't too big of a thing in 99, 2000 in that yeah. time. And so I needed to do a year of the work in person. Okay. Uh, while we were back for that year, we lived in Louisville in Memphis, Louisville, Kentucky, and in Memphis, uh, kind of went back and forth. Um, and my daughter was born that year. 
and she was two months old when we moved back to Weijiangbu <laughs> the <See> following <laughs> year. <laughs> uh, and if you really want to make your mom mad, <laughs> do it to her twice. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> um, but uh, we were we stayed in Korea then till 2010. Uh, we, I was at the school in Weijiangbu for another year, and then I moved into my first administrative job at a school in Seoul, Korea. Um, and I was at that school from 2001 through 2010. Oh, wow. I was an upper school principal my first couple of years there, and then I was an associate head of school, uh, and then I was head of school for my last six years there. Okay. Uh, while we were there, our school entered into kind of this really interesting partnership with uh, the Korea Foreign Schools Foundation. Uh, our school grew just a ton, um, but we moved into a purpose-built facility to drive foreign direct investment in the country of Korea by providing more seats for international kids. And so, oh, okay. uh, I mean, we moved into a, literally a world-class facility, wow. uh, swimming pools, soccer fields, gyms auditoriums, all of that, and uh, it was just a really fascinating, fascinating time. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> to go and to see that much growth in your time there was probably really something special, too. Yeah, and uh, just just such a neat community, and it's really where I kind of learned about the importance of mission in independent schools. Uh, we had students from, depending on the year, between 45 and 60 different countries. Wow. Uh, from every continent except Antarctica. And uh, the only thing our community agreed, agreed upon was our school's mission. We came together as a community to provide what we said we were going to provide for our students. And so when we would have our international night and we would have thousands of people on campus and all the different country booths set up by the people from the different countries, Mm -hmm. it was just always so neat to see them come together and just be excited about who we were as a school. Right, right. Um, it was a commonality. It is. And that's, you know, you get people from Europe, Africa, South America, North America, Asia. What are you going to agree upon? Yeah. We agreed upon we cared about our kids and we wanted to provide a great education for them. Yeah. And it didn't matter if we had cultural disagreements or opinion disagreements. It was right. about what's best for our our students. Yeah, that's um, powerful. Yeah, and it was just a, just a really good time. Uh, like I said, we were there till 2010. Uh, decided to leave and move back to the States. Um, but your mom was happy. We moved to Weymouth, Massachusetts. Oh. <laughs> which isn't really any close. It's, it's still, it still takes about the same amount of time yeah. <laughs> to get away. Uh, we were there for two years at a school, at a small school. Um, I'd always wanted to lead a school in the north, independent school in the northeast, just because that's kind of where the independent school movement came from. Oh, okay. And a lot of the most well-known schools, that's where they are. Okay. And so I've always kind of relished that competition and just saying, you know, we're we're going to provide what we provide and we're going to do it to a really high standard. And uh, right. I, I don't mind competing against the the right. best of the best. Right. If you, <laughs> you know? if you're really defined on who you are then it's it's great you want to share that that's right that's right uh and because of some uh family issues we moved back to the memphis area in 2012 okay um while while there um i actually consulted for uh the posco education foundation in pohong south korea 
Uh, it's a foundation created by the Posco Steel Company, which is a huge, I mean, it's a top five in the world steel company. Okay. Uh, they have a bunch of really well-known schools in Korea, and they wanted to start a foreign school for international kids. Oh, gotcha. And so I was back and forth between Memphis and Pohong a good wow. bit. Uh, and worked for them for about three years um, until they decided we're just they decided not to move forward with the with the project. Uh, from there, I went to another really um, exotic place. I went to Greenville, Mississippi, uh, to lead a Washington School. Uh, Greenville, Mississippi, is about halfway up the west side of the state, right on the Mississippi River. Uh, it's in the heart of what's called the Mississippi Delta. Um, I was drawn there because the school had just a phenomenal academic reputation. Um, it had been created to provide a true college prep school. Uh, the, it's, it's interesting, the constituency we served, uh, the parents and the students remind me a lot of the parents at Ascension. Uh, they want the very best for their kids. Uh, they expect their kids not just to be um, academics or not just to be athletes or not they expect them to be well-rounded whole people yeah. and uh, to have those social skills that yes. um, if you're an engineer take you to the next level right if you're uh, you no know matter what you that's choose right. to do right. that's right and so uh, we were there for six years uh, I was offered a third contract but it just felt like it was time to to move on and um, then we got the joyous news that we were going to be able to come to Lafayette. And, nice. uh, and so I'm very happy to be here at Ascension. Awesome. Awesome. In Cajun country. That's right. <laughs> Had you ever been to Louisiana before you took this position? Uh, I've been to New Orleans a few times, okay. but Not this is, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but this is just, uh, um, it's an area of the country we just really haven't been to. And so really yeah. excited about that. Yeah. Cool. And now that you've been here for mm -hmm. a little while, mm -hmm. um, I know just ignoring the ridiculous heat that we've been having, <laughs> there's many things to love in this area. So what is your favorite thing so far about the Acadiana area? And like, have you tried boudin, crackling, and gumbo? Mm -hmm. uh, I've tried all of those before I even moved here. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, you had to taste the food before you agreed, right. right? No, no. I, um, you know, one of the things I love about this place is the energy uh there's just such a positive energy in this town uh and it just seems like there are a lot of people that really are proud of this place which they should be yeah. and want to make it even more than it is and I, I i'm always drawn to that um but what's another thing that struck me is uh the community that people create here uh, i think it probably flows out of that familial tradition here of yeah. you know we have big families and everybody's welcome uh big meals you know yes. and it just seems maybe that next natural step is okay let's invite everybody in <laughs> let's right. invite our whole community in right. and i've seen little glimpses of that already at ascension and uh people just love to get together and celebrate who they are as a as a group and yeah. uh I love that pride in place. Uh, as far as food, I'll try anything. I'll eat anything. Uh, I've worked with different schools doing in-services and trainings in Ghana, in Malaysia, in 
um, gosh, Vietnam, Thailand, Peru, Europe. (laughs) And I've eaten street food in every one of those places. So Buddha is not really. That's like nothing. You know, and Ghana, I eat with my hands because everybody eats with their hands. And, and, you know, it's just so fun to to go and to and to try and uh um but no the food here is really really good and i one of my favorite all time i've always thought of it as a southern dish but uh i've had some really spectacular grits and shrimp i've eaten that i don't know in how many different places but uh it's just it's a go-to comfort kind of kind of food Yes. Other than all the ones that I had from Memphis and home, you know, but, uh, yeah. which is the, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Have you uh, tried to cook a gumbo? No. No one's touching uh, it? Okay. Well. Everybody the, has their own. The amount of time investment. <laughs> I haven't had a, that chunk of time to set aside yet. One day. Um, but one day. One day. No. You gotta cook a gumbo. Yeah. Everybody says, you know, how, how's your mama cook a roux? And, uh-huh. you know, who's your mama, who's your daddy? Can't you cook a roux? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So, yeah, people gather so much around food here, mm-hmm. but also athletic sports mm-hmm. and even the arts with yeah. theater. We have all these great festivals and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, maybe what's your favorite sport and have you been to any festivals yet in Lafayette? You've been, you got here around February. Mm-hmm of 2023 so mm-hmm. you've had about nine months or so mm-hmm. um, with us yeah uh, I purposely haven't gone to any festivals yet uh, I started about two weeks before Mardi Gras um, and I thought my wife wasn't able to join me till this summer and so I thought let's just save those because uh, yeah. one of the things we've been looking forward to is really kind of exploring this area because like I said it's one we don't know our kids are out of the house it's the first time we've moved somewhere where we don't have them and so we're really looking forward to that out and about part gotcha. uh, after it cools down just a little bit <laughs> yes there's the one of my favorites is festival of Connie Ann, and uh-huh. it's right there in Gerard Park mm-hmm. and it's coming up in October oh excellent so it's a lot it's smaller than festival international mm-hmm. which is also the one you can't miss uh-huh. but it's a it just feels a little more homey and yeah. comfortable oh, rather good. than so many people in the streets and stuff so that's good, one good. Of my we will favorites. be there yeah we'll be there um Awesome. Sports? Oh, sports. sports? Uh, I played everything growing up. Uh, You know, I I thought about going into coaching, you know. um, I mean, I played football, baseball, basketball, and anything else that somebody was playing. Pickleball has been funny to me. It's becoming a thing recently. I haven't played any, but I played when I was in college. Because I hung out with PE majors and they were playing pickleball in the gym. Oh, I was that's like, funny. What, what, is what is this game? I've never and never heard of it since, and now it's a and national it's, sensation. Yes. Uh, but funny. no, I uh, I really enjoy watching football. I'm excited that college football has just started back, uh, and professional football too. Uh, I've always, growing up in Memphis, my friends and I, we all had a SEC football team we followed, but we were all passionate. Memphis Tigers basketball fans um, and so uh, um, I won't share which college football team I pull for I don't want to alienate anybody <laughs> unnecessarily you know it's a passion it's a passion it in the is. southeast uh, but I'll be pulling very hard for my team uh, this <laughs> this weekend um, uh, uh, professional football I follow the Chiefs and so I'm excited about this evening as they kick off and nice. uh 
baseball, I've always followed the Cincinnati Reds, and uh, basketball, I've probably spent the most time and resources on the last few years. Um, a huge Memphis Grizzlies fan, and so if anybody out there ever wants to talk about the Grizzlies, <laughs> just feel free to chat me up. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. Well, awesome. And is there anything else other than watching football and <laughs> hanging out with your wife? What other things do you do in your free time? Well, on occasion I'll read. Um, you know, I have a lot of favorite authors, and uh, uh, I mean, Mark Twain's probably my all-time favorite oh, okay. author. I just love... I don't know. I just love his the way he thinks about things and the way he interacts with situations. Yeah. I especially like his travel travel logs, uh, yeah. roughing it, Innocence Abroad. Uh, they're very very amusing to me, and I go yeah. back regularly and spend well, some time with go, him. It goes with the whole travel thing that you like to travel and experience new things, and yeah. that's yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, um, I, you know, I'm a I'm a relatively boring person. And I, I think I even told the search committee when, uh, <laughs> when, uh, when they were interviewing me. Um, but one of the things I do spend the most time on in my free time is simply, uh, I think about school. Uh, because part of the reason I love the work that I do is because it's very mentally stimulating. Uh, schools are tremendously complex um, organizations Mm -hmm. Uh, they're hugely relational and so I spend a lot of time just kind of thinking about it not I'm not necessarily sitting there writing notes and right but I'm just thinking about how would this work what would this look like and so uh, that part of my work is kind of one of my hobbies okay yeah I also enjoy cooking but I'm not real good at it Okay. (laughs) (laughs) okay well I have to cook sometime yeah um, speaking about Ascension, then, mm-hmm. as head of school now for nine months, and I look back at the date, you started on February 6th. That's right. And today is um, September 7th, so uh-huh. that makes nine months yesterday. That's so right. happy anniversary, <laughs> well, thank by the you. way. Um, you've really gotten to know our community mm-hmm. more. So what makes Ascension special to you, and maybe what has been your biggest challenge coming in to this new school and city? Oh, that is just such a <laughs> interesting question. Um, I'll go back to the interview process, which happened, I guess, last, I can't remember, it was October, November, about that time frame. Okay. Um, and the first thing I, I do whenever I talk to a school was look at, I always look at the mission. Okay. First of all, I want to make sure it's something that I don't know how to say it exactly. It reverberates with me. We're on the same kind of wavelength. Uh, Our school's mission is educational excellence in a Christian environment. That's a very simple mission, but when you start to unpack it, it's really, there's a lot of richness to it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, as I I think about the mission, it's where the specialness of the school should come from. And uh, I, I looked through, you know, all the information on our website, all the strategic plans, all the vision, all all the things that was unpacked, and I just thought, I'm excited because this place is a fit for how I think about schooling. Yeah. It's a fit for how I think of 
what a good education should look like. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, that's one of the most, it's a special thing about the school. And it's something that really drew me here is just that neat fit between my understanding of education and how it should work its way out in 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 a school. I think the Episcopalian nature of our school also makes it um, special. Mm-hmm. I'm not an Episcopal. I grew up in a very low church background, a Baptist background. Uh, so if you ever see me up front in chapel or in something else, you might see something. You might say, well, he looks a little lost. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because I am. I'm learning yeah. I'm learning the whole time, you know, yeah. that old drinking from a fire hose kind of, yes. a, kind of a thing. Um, but the Episcopal understanding of education is basically we will value every student and every person in our community uh, because of who we are as Christians. Right. We want you to resonate with the mission that we're trying to provide, but anybody is welcome. doesn't matter what background you come from. It doesn't matter uh, if you're Baptist or Catholic or Episcopal or Hindu or Muslim or nothing. You're welcome here, and your kid is going to be cherished and relished because we believe everyone is created special, and everyone uh, is worthy of respect, and everyone is um, will benefit from the educational experience that they will receive while they're at Ascension Episcopal School. Uh, to me, that is a really special thing about our school. Um, and I think that's probably one of the reasons we have so many families that aren't from here. Mm-hmm. Because part of the nature of the school is to welcome everybody. Right. Um, and we have a significant percentage for an area that is largely people that have always been here. Yeah. <laughs> we have a significant percentage of people that aren't from around here. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I think that's a reflection of that. And I think that's something that makes Ascension special Um, as far as biggest challenges um, well wait there's one more thing I think that makes Ascension special (laughs) as I think about it Um, I've just seen a I've seen parents here who are absolutely passionate about their kids you say well that's every school but and this is probably an outflowing of that um, culture that we're surrounded in our families aren't just passionate about their kids. They're passionate about all the kids. <laughs> and that's just a fabulous thing. I don't know how many stories I've heard of parents, especially of older kids. Oh, that kid basically lives at my house. Or that, you know, right. kids are here and there. And, and the parents know, okay, they're, it's like they're in our house when they're at yeah. this parent's house. Right. And it's just a really... It's really neat to be in a community that is so passionate about every kid here. Right. Well, it takes a village. <laughs> and when you're yeah. at Ascension, we're all family, so we're all part of the village. That's right. Caring for our kids. That's right. Yeah, I was just sitting in chapel this morning, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a, a kiddo sitting next to me, and I work with her, with his mom, and mm-hmm. she wasn't able to come to chapel. And so I was like, mm-hmm. can I be your mom today? <laughs> and he politely shook his head no. That's okay, because I'm right. still in my heart. I'm still his mama today because she couldn't be there. But, right. yeah, so that's interesting that you mentioned that because I see it and feel it, too, as a yeah. parent here as well. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, just, it's just really fun to see people excited about 
kids. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's why I'm involved in education because I like to help kids reach their potentials. You know, yeah. I like to help teachers reach their potentials. I like to help administrators reach their potentials. Right. Right. Um, and you also asked about challenges. Um, to me, one of our challenges is also, I think, something that is a strength of the school. Um, it is a strange thing for a school to have three different campuses. Yeah. Uh, we have River Ranch, and we have Downtown, and we have Sugar Mill Pond, uh, and we have parents that drive between yes. <laughs> them every day. Thank you, yes. parents, for your uh, <laughs> for your willingness to do that. Um, But we share a common mission. Um, I think the heart of all the schools is the same. But every campus is going to provide different things to meet the kids where they're at at that age. Yes. You know, you hear, I mean, everybody that's had a kid at River Ranch talks about the Little Red School. Yeah. (laughs) And they talk about the campus and how it just feels like it almost reaches out and hugs their kids. It's like Disney World. (laughs) It's just such a neat, special place for those little bitties. I mean, I saw one of our three-year-olds at drop-off the other day. Oh, this three-year-old was the tiniest little three-year-old I think I'd ever seen. I thought, it's not even as tall as my knee, you know. (laughs) But it's just... Proudly walking in, yeah. safely walking in, confidently walking in. Yeah, with a smile. Because it's a place for them, right? Right, right. Uh, and then once they get to downtown, it's that first big step as a first grader, which is not always easy because right. you're moving from a really different place. But this downtown campus meets the needs of the kids that are here. Helps them grow. It does. And I see them on the playground every day out my office window. Maybe you're hearing them some on the, uh, <laughs> on the recording, the squeals and the, yeah. the kickball Laughter. arguments and the, all the normal kid things. You yeah. know, uh, they learn so much from free play. It's one, such a wonderful thing that, uh, that we have. They have that every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time they're here, they make it from a little bitty first grader through student council leaders and speakers and chapel leaders and uh, they're doing the Blue Gator buzz, they're creating, they're yeah. becoming what what they're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then they make that next big step in life over right. to Sugar Mill Pond and the athletic facilities and the, all the opportunities that come with upper school. Right. Um, and making sure that that heart stays the same between them. And it doesn't look the same on every campus because the kids are different. That's right. Uh, Kids are at different developmental states, emotionally, physically, mentally. I mean, they're just constantly growing and will continue all the way through college. Um, And uh, it is just, the school is very fortunate. I was told this coming in to have a really strong administrative team. Uh, that was undersold to me in the interview process. Um, we have three campus heads, and basically they're responsible for the day-to-day operations on their campuses. So at Sugar Mill Pond, Sarah Davenport is, is the one who is in charge of everything that happens there every day. Downtown, Liz Tremblay, and at River Ranch, Julie Bork, and they all do just a phenomenal job. Uh, 
in our administration, we also have a couple other people that help us with those all-campus things. Our, our chief financial officer, uh, Adrian Boyle, who works downtown, uh, is in charge of making sure we use all of our resources effectively. Uh, and we also have Catherine McCormick, our chief advancement officer, who I believe you work with yes. <laughs> <laughs> daily, uh, but is in charge of our development and admissions and marketing and communications and all of those things to make sure that we are letting you know who we are as a school right. and sharing that so you can share it with other people. Right, <laughs> right, yes. We have an amazing, and I've seen the three heads working together and just their genuine respect for one another when they are collaborating and mm-hmm. things, and it's it's just such a beautiful thing, like I said, especially as a mom here, to see my kiddos growing up with that much love surrounding mm-hmm. them. And Annabelle is in seventh grade, and she's been on this campus now for seven years, mm-hmm. and she's so excited to be able to have kind of a fresh mm-hmm. perspective in that that different campus brings mm-hmm. that kind of That's fresh right. perspective and she's looking That's forward right. to it. So although it is across town, it's still something, <laughs> I think it's, it's a big milestone that she's yeah. looking forward to. So. That's great. Well, we're so thankful that you're here and you made the long-term commitment <laughs> to grow with Ascension. Mm-hmm. Um, and being established in 1959, mm-hmm. our school has a really rich history. Now you get to be a part of the mm-hmm. history, but also the future. Right. So tell us, what are you looking forward to when you're thinking about Ascension in a year, five years, ten years down the road? Yeah. Um, I mentioned in the hiring process, looking at different things the school had done. Uh, one of the things I spent a lot of time was with was the strategic plan that was uh, put forward in 2021 and it's on our website for those of you who haven't uh, seen it or spent any time with it and it hit every big area that we need to focus on as a school Um, and so one of the things that I'm excited about um, over this year and next year in particular is really building out action plans to accomplish those things timelines uh, for our business folks and key performance indicators, you know, ways that I can report to our board right. and say, this is how we're Me. working to accomplish our strategic goals. Um, uh, the strategic plan, I think, is scheduled to run through uh, 26. And so we'll begin working probably even in the next year on how do we need to expand our plan? What have we accomplished that maybe we can say... You know, and so um, as we're working this year, we're making decisions for this school year. Right. And part of my um, role is to make sure that the decisions we're making for this year support where we're going to be in five years and support where we're going to be in 10 years. We can't make any decisions this year that don't help us get to where we want to be. And so um, I'm really excited about... I really like building systems to allow us to effectively accomplish our mission, being excellent stewards of the resources that we have, um, and making sure that we have uh, faculty, staff, and administration that um, aren't just thinking about right now. Right. You know, um, as we're thinking about our first graders, we've also got to be thinking about. Where do we want them to be when they're seniors? What doors, what do we want to have prepared them to be and become? Right. Uh, we have a portrait of a graduate. Uh, that's information's also on our website. Um, 
that help us think through this is the kind of student we're trying to to create and so um, I'm excited about thinking about ascension long term mm-hmm. um, I do think one of the challenges the school has faced is some pretty rapid churn in heads of school yeah. uh, and I say that knowing that the average tenure in independent schools overall is like three and a half years for a head of school. Yeah. We've been a little below that, <laughs> uh, but not so, so outside the box. But we, it, it does strike me that at the end of each one of those, everything is kind of stopped and then started right. again. Right. The goal should be when a head moves on or a board chair switches that everything just keeps going because have we, have, we have the processes. Right. We have the procedures, the policies, but we also have the plan that people can just plug into. Yeah. And uh, and so, I don't know, I, I think I, as I've thought about that kind of turnover, people have been, oh, there's instability. I, it, there has been some of that, but at the same time, the thing that makes us most stable as an institution is our relationship with the Episcopal Church of the Ascension. We are a parish school. I don't think a lot of people understand that. Um, and so our mission flows from the parish. Yeah. Uh, our heart is protected by the parish. Um, if for some reason you hired a crazy head of school, that is there to protect right. our school and our students. And so we have just a tremendous stability that flows from that. And I, I think that's underestimated sometimes as just a real positive right. um, of our school. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, you mentioned we have a long history. Sixty-five uh, uh, years next year, mm-hmm. is that right? I think so. Um, and uh, we're fortunate to still have our founder around and active. I, I don't know how much time I've gotten to spend with uh, Dr. Jeanette Parker, but uh, every minute has been just just wonderful. Um, this Starting this past spring, to me, one of the important things that I had to do was, as we plan for the future and we, as we plan for the long term, a lot of times when you think about change in an organization, you think of a charismatic leader coming in and just sweeping everything away, and this is who we're going to be. Right. To me, you have to build on your foundation. We have a foundation. There's a thread that goes from Dr. Parker through now, which is the heart of our school, which is that idea of wanting well-rounded kids that mm-hmm. can do whatever. Uh, you know, we're not a sports school, but we produce college athletes. Yep. But when they go to college, they can write, right. they can read, they can study. They know they have all of those tools that they need. Um, I mean, we're not um, a STEM school, but we produce kids that are going to be engineers and doctors and scientists that know how yes. to communicate. They know how to that. They, they're, they're rounded right. in areas that aren't maybe even natural strengths. Right. And so um, I'm not exactly sure how to describe that. I mean, balanced excellence is a term that we use a lot as yeah. a school. Um, I'm not sure that's quite explicit enough. I mean, we provide kids strength 
where maybe there's not natural strength. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a really unique thing. And I, again, I think a strength of our school. Yeah. And uh, a kid can participate in pretty much any kind of extracurricular they want to at our school. They can study pretty much anything they want to study at our school. Um, but they're also going to study things that maybe aren't that natural thing. Or they're right. going to try things that um, aren't maybe where you would think they fit. I remember last spring, some of our... Um, I've been thinking of one student in particular. I mean, happily, never been involved in drama, was a star of our spring yeah. spring musical, you know. Um, and I've heard story after story of athletes doing art and yes. about knitting. I mean, I've heard, you know, <laughs> uh, a football player also doing it. I mean, yeah. that's just a really unique thing, and our kids have that freedom to um, try things without... People goofing on them. Yes, that, I was going to say that too because I, I spoke with another teacher who just actually started here and mm-hmm. spoke with her about it, and that's one of the big things that she got and what she loves about Ascension and what makes it special mm-hmm. is that pe- the kids can just be who they are, and everybody mm-hmm. accepts that. Yeah. Like if you know if you are on the football team and in the theater, it's it's not looked bad upon. It's like mm-hmm. go ahead, that's you know, right. like celebrate it. Right. And, uh, and so, yes, uh, I second that, that I've, I've heard that. And I've seen that, and that's another reason why I choose Ascension. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I've been here since 2005 oh, as wow. I started off as a okay. teacher. And then had Annabella in 2011. Mm-hmm. So I was here for a while just okay. as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, tried a different school. Yeah. Wasn't the right fit. Yeah. And then, of course, I knew I knew what Ascension was. And uh-huh. so, you know, put her in here, and, of course, it was perfect and then when Ruby came along (laughs) it's just it's just such a natural place for them to grow and they're so different but they can each grow in their own little personalities Mm -hmm. and be celebrated and loved for who they are yeah it's not it's not trying to put them in a box Uh it's just celebrating who they are and helping them grow to their potential like you were saying and and that's that Episcopal heart that flows from our relationship with the parish and its integration through out our school yeah it's a beautiful thing yeah, it is. <laughs> um, it is. Well, I love Ascension, and I know you already are in love with Ascension. Is there anything else you would like to share before we close out? Um, you know, in, in preparation for an interview like this, you think about a lot of things because you're yeah. not always sure what questions you're going to get asked yes. or how you're going to get asked. <laughs> um, but from the hiring process through when I started on February 6th through now, one of the things that really struck me is the potential of our community to be not only a great school in Lafayette, but to be a school that people around our region know as, oh, that's a great school. If you're going there, that's where you need to be. I mean, this school has just unbelievable potential. And as I've met, I've met with different parents and different groups, it's a school that's ready to run. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just kind of been, you know, like you see your kids training, they're pulling a tire or they've got one of those parachutes <laughs> on their back. We've kind of been like that. And I think we're ready to drop that drop and weight. just just take off. Yeah. And so I just want to invite everybody to jump in, give, give time, give treasure. Uh, give talent. Give talent. Uh, cook gumbo. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have a place here. And you can help us build that community that we've talked about. And don't worry about what you can give or 
how much or any of that. Just plug in where you can plug in. Right. You know, some parents plug in by um, volunteering to help with drama or being right. in the concession stand. That's huge. Um, some parents are able to give more voluminously of their time, you know. Yeah. Don't worry about if you can't do that. Find your place. And when you invest time in our community, and I think parents often underestimate how much their kids listen to them and how closely their kids watch them. Um, when you invest your time in this place, it gives it more value in the minds of your kids. And uh, they really do look up to you as their parents and their grandparents. Um, I mentioned earlier, I watch the kids on the playground out my office window a lot of times. I was watching them this morning and one little boy, they were playing kickball and one little boy was kind of clapping. And the other, and I thought, I guarantee his dad does that when he's watching him play ball yeah. or, he, or his dad's coaching him. Or It was right. just kind of one of those adult gestures you see sometimes in a kid and they're just kind of trying it out for the yeah, first time. Yeah, kind of mimicking. But they're watching and uh, when you invest in this place, it it teaches your kid a lesson that uh, education is valuable, that community is valuable, and that um, they're valuable. Yeah, oh, that's great. And when you were talking, it was it reminded me of how you how we were talking about kids are celebrated for where they are, and mm -hmm. you know it's the same with parents. Like you, that's you know, right. whatever you can do and whatever you can give, you're going to make this community better. That's so. Right. Just Plug in. That's right. So awesome. Well, usually I kind of close out and I say, mm -hmm. tell everybody, like, have a great Blue Gator Day. <laughs> but would you like to do the honors? No, I hope everybody has a great Blue Gator Day. <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us.